Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of The Frenzy. With me, your host, Freddy Eloso, and me with my co-host here, Joey O. What's going on, Joey? What's up, buddy? How's everything hanging? Going good, man. We got a full slate of stuff to talk about for tonight. Um, let, Let's start with some current event stuff we got UFC we had a, a big first time for everything UFC and 1FC made a trade first time ever they traded Ben Askren from 1FC to UFC for uh, Demetrius Johnson Mighty Mouse I've never seen this before it's never been heard of. It certainly opens the door for, I'm, I'm thinking maybe some inter-promotional stuff, like maybe 1FC's best guy could fight UFC's best guy, stuff like that. I'm what do you think of that? I'm thinking like a Grand, a, a grand Prix. Like, uh, like you said, we, we could do a tournament, their best versus the UFC's best. And... and uh, I could even see new belts coming out of that. That's true. Something like very, very similar to boxing in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, where the money, where the money's at, is is where they're gonna go. And if people, fans, want to see fighters from different organ organizations fight each other, then that's what they're gonna end up doing. Everybody's gonna get a cut of the pie and and leave home happy. So I think overall, I think it's cool. I think it's good. I mean, I'm still, it still boggles my mind that um, you got people out there that got so much money, they can actually trade humans like that. That's pretty, it's true. That's pretty crazy that you could, you could just move somebody like that. But um, no, I think it's good for the sport. Like you said, I think it opens up a lot of doors for the future. So I'm excited to see where that may, may lead. And the guys are no slouches. You got Mighty Mouse who was basically undefeated until his last fight with Cejudo. And then you got Ben Askren, who's undefeated. And he, UFC didn't even make it official yet, and he was already calling out everybody in those divisions. Everybody but his boy, Woodley. Everybody else. Who didn't he call out? I'm sorry, you broke up. He, he didn't call out Woodley. Because they're training partners. But he called out everybody else. Once that money's put up, training partners or not, you know they're going to get in the ring and, and fight it out. So, And then we've got UFC 230 tomorrow night. Madison Square Garden. Daniel Cormier versus the Black Beast. My balls are too hot. <laughs> Derek Lewis, and then in the co-main event, you've got uh, Sosa versus Chris Wyman in his hometown, fighting basically for uh, I would think the next title shot at that in that weight class. Yeah, so you know he's gonna come in, have all his family and friends supporting. So I'm pretty sure he's gonna want to put on a show. Um, I think Cormier is gonna win that fight pretty handily. 
Although I hope he loses so I can hear another funny uh, press conference afterwards. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Now I don't. I I did send it to you on the gram, the little video of John Jones and Gustafson basically having a piss match on who's who's better, who's standing in front of the other one. What did you think of that? Listen, I hope Jones can just stay clean, man. I mean, everyone knows he's a he's an amazing talent, but I feel like the last couple of fights he's had, there's a dark cloud around him, and and it kind of gives puts an asterisk on everything he's been able to accomplish. Because either before the fight he gets popped, or after the fight he gets popped. I mean, there's only so many times you can uh, you can you can fail a drug test between, before fans are eventually not going to want to pay to see him fight. It's true. It's one hundred percent. I agree with you. I think. He's well, probably about that though. Is he's he's so good. It's it's almost comical that he feels the need to go that route because we've seen what he can do in an octagon. He doesn't need the drugs. I just I don't understand it. Yeah, he's probably hands down the most talented in the UFC. And it's like, dude, just rest on what you got. Stop doing the coke, doing this, doing that. Like, just stay clean, man. I got a better idea. Him, Josh Gordon, reality show. <laughs> Why don't we throw on. Johnny Manziel in there, too? <laughs> throw Johnny Manziel in there, too. Nah, nah, yeah. Johnny don't deserve that clout. We're talking about two people that, when they're right or at the top of their game, my man's over in the Canadian League struggling. <laughs> It's true. I don't, I don't. I don't knock nobody's hustle, but but <coughs> you put those two on a on a hot strip like Miami, a couple quaaludes, you have yourself a good TMZ. <laughs> Jersey Shore Part Two. So now let's let's talk some NBA. We got we got a game going on right now as we're recording. Golden State, Minnesota. Jimmy Butler's back. So he's playing. He's decided <coughs> he's going to bless his team with his presence. Yeah. As he misses I, a jumper was, from the baseline. If I was a Timberwolves fan, I would hate him in the way he's playing this. Mm-hmm. Out as far as, you know, publicly dogging his teammates and then embarrassing him, in it, embarrassing him at practice and then sitting down having an ESPN interview saying all of it's true or the majority of it's true. Mm-hmm. But it's for great TV. It really does. Makes for great TV. I mean, he he basically chooses when he wants to play, then sits, lets him get drummed by 30, and then he's like, oh, we're playing Golden State? That sounds fun. I'm going I'm to suit up for that one. National television, let me get, you know, some more eyes on me and drop, you know, maybe 30, 40 points. I mean, it's not going to matter. Golden State's about to roll them. Yeah. Only thing, I just want to see who goes off. First, is it going to be Clay still? You know, is Durant going to remind people why he's Durant, or is Steph Curry going to go in another regular season MVP and add that to the? Um, Looks like Clay starting to heat up. He just hit one from about four feet behind the line. Nothing but that. He's he still on his Jackie sleep. Moon shit right now. He does that in his sleep. Yeah. Both of them. Now, I wanted to get into this. Uh, I. We mentioned it 
you know, pre-show. Luke Walton getting a tongue lashing privately from Magic Johnson about their slow start. I believe they're what, they're two and six right now? Yeah, I think that sounds right. Hold on, give me a second. It's around there. Actually they're they're three and five, respected, okay? Three, three and five. Three and five, I'm sorry. Now, does Walton get get fired like LeBron's previous coach just did earlier in the week, Tyron Lou? So Magic didn't bring Luke in. We all know that. And just mm-hmm. like every other organization, you know, you get a new CEO, CFO, they're going to want to bring in their new people. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say Luke has going for him is that LeBron actually went to bat for him, um, right. both publicly and internally within the team. He's had Luke Walton's back. And if you look at LeBron's track record with coaches, early on he normally doesn't show any coach that respect. I mean, whether it be Tyron Lue, mm-hmm. you know, or, or even Eric Spolstra. I remember when he first got to Miami, there was rumblings that he was basically going to Pat Riley saying, look, I came to Miami because of the, what you got, not not, not Eric Spolstra, yeah. who was yeah. a couple years removed from from being basically a video editor. That's true. So um, I think LeBron will probably sit down and talk to Magic, try and smooth things over. But I don't understand what they expected. It's a young team. Yes, they have talent. But at the same time, you had Brendan Ingram got suspended. Um, Rondo's been suspended. We didn't get to talk about that. We, We missed last week. We didn't get to talk about that. That whole incident with Rondo spitting in Chris Paul's face, and then you had Brandon Ingham basically full sprint from half-court line throwing haymakers at Chris Paul. What do you think about that? I'm going to be honest with you. I think Ingram was just mad that James Harden played bully ball with him on the fast break. Mm -hmm. He came down. Drew the contact like he always does. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's always, if not leading the league, within the top three from uh, free throws per game on the season. So he drew the contact, finished the layup. I don't really think Harden did anything to warrant that initial shove from Ingram. Mm -hmm. I think he was more trying to get the ref's attention to call the and one because if you watch it on the replay, he's not even worried about Ingram. So I think Ingram was just a little salty on the finish, gave him a shove. It really didn't have to escalate more than that, but I don't blame Chris Paul. Someone spits in my face. We go. I'm going to react. We do, but you have to go at that point. That's like that's like playground I, rules. Somebody somebody spits at you or touches you in the face, it's on and popping. But I'd rather somebody swing at me than spit at me. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, that's just super, that's super disrespectful. Yeah. Like, if someone hits you in the face, they hit you. But to spit on you, I, I could understand the frustration that Chris Paul was having. And then the fact that, Ron, I don't understand. These players act like the cameras aren't super HD. And, like, you there's know? not 80,000 of them in the arena. That's my point. Like, you can see on one of the slow replays, you see the spit coming from Rondo. So for him to try and deny it, I mean... And play it like it wasn't him. 
yeah, like if it was you, it, it's it's disgusting to begin with. But if you get caught, be like, yeah, that's what happened, and and just you know, keep it moving. But to but to deny it is is pointless to me. So yeah, I still think they're gonna turn it on later on in the season. They'll finally gel and figure it out and learn how to play with LeBron, and LeBron will learn how to play with them. So I think it may be a slow start now, but it'll turn around for them. If you look outside of the second time when he went to Cleveland, when LeBron switches teams, there's an adjustment period. It happened when he was with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. They got off to a slow start, and everyone thought the the clouds were falling and and they weren't going to make the playoffs and all this other nonsense. LeBron James is still the best player in the world. Yes, they're in a loaded Western Conference, but I fully expect that they won't be a high seed, and I don't think they'll make that much noise in the playoffs because they're probably going to run into that Golden State buzzsaw, yeah. maybe even the first round. But I, I'll never bet against LeBron James, and I think that he's going to end up in the playoffs. Early exit, but still in the playoffs. All right, so with that being said, what do we, what do we think of the standing so far? We've got... Um, Clearly, Golden State sitting atop the Western Conference. And you've got Milwaukee sitting over on top of the Eastern Conference right now. Do you think Milwaukee's going to be able to hold their own? I think the Celtics are going to creep up in there. Milwaukee's going to be maybe top three, maybe top five. They'll be up in that echelon of the Eastern Conference. But the Western Conference is it's basically Golden State and everybody else. In my opinion, you got Clay going off for what fifty-two and three quarters. Like, come on, that man's Jackie Moon, not Clay. That was Jackie Moon. That was Jackie Moon that night. That was crazy. So for the Eastern Conference, man, I think the three teams that are there right now—the Bucks, Raptors, and Celtics—at one, two, and three—I think are going to be the same three teams that are on top of the Eastern Conference, like you had just alluded to. I think they might be switched around as far as in what order. Mm -hmm. I actually think it's going to do a a complete flip, and the Celtics are going to end up with the one seed. I think the Bucks slide down to the three because I think the Raptors are playing. They're already playing really good. Kawhi Leonard showing you that he wasn't a product of the quote-unquote Spurs system System. in Pop world. Um, And I think they're only going to get better because – this team is just getting used to to playing with Kawhi Leonard, who is a completely different player than DeMar DeRozan. So I think they're going to hold it down in that second spot. Uh, I'm interested to see if the Sixers pick it up. I see that they're 5-4 and four, currently sitting at 6th. I don't expect that to stay. I think the Sixers can, uh, if everything goes right and Markel Fultz continues to develop, I think they might be able to sneak into the top three. Right. Um, other than that, I think I think the Western Conference. It's just it'll be fun to see who gets all the lower seeds after the Warriors claim the first seed. I mean, the Nuggets are sitting at two. That's been a team that a lot of people, uh, at least a lot of experts, have been extremely high on. They don't have a lot of big name players. Where you look at Jamal Murray, uh, Gary Harris, uh, the Joker down low. They got a lot of players that might not be on all-star teams, but collectively they play a really good uh, brand of basketball. 
and you got my my Trailblazers, my West Coast team. There you go. I love love Dame Lillard. So anytime I can put them on and watch, I just hope him and CJ McCollum, which is, in my opinion, the best small school backcourt you will ever see. McCollum and, and Lillard. McCollum and Lillard. One went to Lehigh, one went to Weber State. And they turned out to be absolute monsters. You don't really find that all too often. Especially it just from sucks those that they don't get as much national attention as I think they they should because they're up in Portland. Because, you know, they're not really making much noise in the playoffs. I think they're maybe they're maybe a big man away from really making a push. But it's just last year they had a chance to really make some noise in the playoffs and they ran into Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah. And that guy can ball. I don't know if you know about that, but Anthony Davis is really yeah. good. <laughs> and Rondo did his thing. Yeah, Rondo, Rondo did his thing, and I actually think Rondo the Pelicans, is, is the Pelicans are, are playing really good this year. Julius Randle, this dude's at averaging like 22 points, and he's coming off the bench only playing 19 minutes. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So now yeah, so. we had Major League Baseball. The season ended last week. We're both Yankee fans, so we know what the deal is. Red Sox won. Boston is rejoicing as eh, they can. We we all know what the deal is. Um, off season, we had the first big off season move today. Kershaw signed a three year, ninety three million dollar extension. Must be nice. Is, Insane. That's all guaranteed money in baseball. All guaranteed. Bananas. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't see him going anywhere. The only place that they were rumored, and it wasn't even a strong rumor, it was just people saying if he was to opt out and go somewhere different was if maybe he ended up in Houston on the Astros. And if he would have ended up on the Astros, that starting pitching staff would have been Lethal. Yeah, that would have been serious. <laughs> yeah, that would have been lethal. Something the Yankees would not want to be contending with. Yeah. And now I did hear earlier today it was reported the Indians are open for business on everybody except Lindor and Ramirez. Well, you got to keep Lindor. I mean, just in case they get into a fight on the field again. You know, that right hook, that right hook got to come out. No, that was Odor. Oh, I think you said. Lindor's from, from Cleveland. Odor's in uh, Texas. And. But he did throw that nasty right hook. He popped Jose, Joey Bats. Something serious. I went, to a, I went to the Yankee game like a week after that. Who was I with? I don't even know. I thought I was with you for a second, but I did go to the Yankee game after that. And he was in the outfield, and they were all giving him like a Joey Bats. He was in the outfield. They were all giving him a hard time. Now, it was also announced Harper is going to be on the cover of the show. Did you see you the see? picture? I don't know. Is, is that going to be the legit picture, or are they waiting until he signs? It is. Don't stream baseball to me. Yeah. 
It looks like he's just chilling in the backyard. It honestly looks like he's trying to um, maybe like step his game up, be a Marvel character. <laughs> right, he's auditioning for uh, Avengers Four. More like like the White Arrow, and by white I mean the the outfit. Is he going for powder? Is that what it is? He might be. He's arch nemesis. So now, big week, NFL, trade deadline. We had, surprisingly, a lot of moves go down. We had, well, earlier, Mari Cooper got traded, which made no sense, the amount the, the amount that Dallas gave up for him. A first um, round Fred, pick. I think it makes perfect yeah. sense that they gave up a first-round pick for uh, Amari Cooper, who struggles to catch the ball and hasn't had a Pro Bowl year in two years and um, is probably not a true number one option. But other than that, yeah, it was a good trade, bro. I liked yeah. it. <laughs> then you had D. Thomas go from Denver to Houston for a third. You See, had... The only thing like that is I like Demarius Thomas, mm-hmm. but I – feel like he's not what Will Fuller was and I'm not talking about as a just strictly a receiver because obviously Demarius Thomas a he's not as injured as Will Fuller or as good as Will Fuller has been in the games he's played when is he ever available but I feel like Will Fuller helped take the top off of defenses you know they had to have safety help over there because of how fast he was I mean Demarius Thomas is still a a good receiver but he's not exactly somebody who's going to take that extra safety with him and let Hopkins do his thing in the middle of the field and in the intermediate passing game. Right. No, I agree with you on that. That's why, that's why Denver had uh, Manuel Sanders to do that. Yeah. So I'm interested. I'm interested to see how that works out. I mean, I still think Deshaun Watson's going to be an amazing quarterback. So he's going to find a way to use both of those weapons. I just think it'll be a little bit of an adjustment period as far as, uh, what type of plays they're calling. He's not going to give you huge fantasy value right now, but maybe in a couple of weeks, once they figure it out, once they start to build that chemistry, his fantasy value can start going up. Yeah, I mean, I, I give the Texans credit. Will Fuller went down, and they had to make a move, and they went out there, and they made it. I'm a big – I love when I see trades go down like that. When you see players moving in other sports – it's never been like that with football, but I feel like now with them moving the trade deadline a little further back in the year. Right. And I think they, they if they're smart, they'll move it even further. Because right now you still got teams that are in the middle of the pack, don't know if they're going to be sellers or buyers, so they kind of right. hold on to what they have. You can move it back maybe another week or two. Teams will probably get the feeling on if they're definitely in or out. And I think that's when you'll see a lot of teams make some, really make even more moves. It makes sense. Then we had Dante Fowler get traded to an already stacked defensive front in L.A. And then, you know, there was a little move down in Philly. Uh, I don't know. I'll let, I'll let you take. I'll let you take the reins on this one. Got some guy named Golden Tate. I mean, I really haven't seen him do much, but lead the NFL and, you know, yak yards after catch for quite some time there, Fred. 
he's been doing his thing uh, in in Detroit. He was doing his thing in Seattle. Brings that Super Bowl pedigree from winning a Super Bowl in Seattle. Golden Tate. Who, who's that? I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work out. No, that's a that's a great pickup for you guys. I think it's uh, it's going to be a great compliment to um, Ashawn Jeffries. It's going to open up some more stuff across the middle for for Ertz. You guys just need a running back. And you know I got to change my fantasy team now, right? My name, my fantasy team name. It hurts to have Smallwood. It's about to get changed up. You're about to see it. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for Golden, it. Golden Longcox. Golden Longcox. I like it. I like it. Well played. Very well played. I, I think uh, I think, I think that's going to have to be the change. We also... There was some news that came across today. I wanted to get your opinion on it. We had the mayor of San Antonio saying that within the next 10 years, San Antonio is definitely going to get an NFL team. With that being said, you've got to expand for another team. So if San Antonio gets a team, let's play fantasy commissioner. Where would you put a team? Where would I put a team? California has like 8,000 no, teams. California. <laughs> California's added a question. First of all, I mean, we're not even going to talk about California because I know they're leaving. But Oakland, that was that was a travesty. We're not, we're not putting them there. I'm actually trying to think where I would put a team. That's a good question. I would have to, I would have to think about that. Do you expand and send one over to, to England? Maybe Mexico, I Canada? I of sending a team over to England because I get that they're playing four or five games. But to play a whole season, you want to talk about jet lag? Oh. They, would have, they might have to just split it down the middle or something crazy where, like, they have a huge homestand. Yeah. Like eight It'd straight games. It would be insane. It, I don't think it would be fair on the players. And I don't think players would honestly want to go and play there. You say that, right? Mm-hmm. But again, you think players want to go out there for Thursday night games after they played on Sunday? No. Nope. But they cut them checks, they'll show up and play. The players are going to go, all right, you want to have a team over in England? Well, guess what? That's more taxing on my body. Therefore, we're going to have to up the salary cap. As long as there's money to be made, players You're going to pay me... You're going to pay me in pounds if I'm playing in it, in London. Yeah, and you're going to pick up my bar tabs because, as the Panthers showed. The Jaguars. I mean, why did I say Panthers? I'm at the Jaguars. You're not on your game tonight. I Listen, you had me up past my bedtime. You know this. And then we got, before we get into the picks, we got a big game. Sunday afternoon. 4 p.m. We got two big games. Yes, but the 425 game, you got the Rams and you got New Orleans. Now, we don't give me a pick yet. Not yet. Hold on. I'm not giving you my pick. I just want to know if it's New Orleans or New Orleans. (laughs) Oh, that's what we're doing? That's what we're doing? I'm just curious. You got a lisp sometimes. I want to know what what it is. (laughs) New Orleans. Is that better? I just, 
it's your preference, Fred. It's your show. It's your world. I'm just living <laughs> in it. Go ahead. I think that's a huge game. You got the seven, what, eight and oh now? Eight and oh Rams? Undefeated. You can just go with that. Undefeated against a very, very strong Saints team in New Orleans, having to go on the road. I think it's it's going to be a tough one, man. I, I don't know if the, the Rams are going to be able to stay undefeated, but that's going to be a really close game. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to watch that game. Uh, I'm going to be glued to the TV because I think, I don't know, I don't want to give away my pick just yet, but I think it's, I think that game has a chance to become really interesting. Yeah, I agree. So with that being said, kicking off week nine. No, we don't got to go over the Thursday night game. Come on. Thursday night game. You're truly Eloso. Pick the 49ers. Eloso. Joey O. Picked. uh... Yeah, I picked Oakland. (laughs) You you picked Oakland. I, I did pick Oakland. All right, listen. Uh, can I explain the logic? All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's hindsight 2020. I'm pretty sure you didn't even know who was <laughs> at quarterback for San Fran. Well, you were out being dad of the year, bringing your son to football practice. I was here digesting who was going to play and who wasn't going to play. And you know what? That did diddly squat for me because I still got it wrong. So h- h- hear me out, right? I know Oakland is in a bit of disarray. They traded Amari Cooper. Great. Cool beans. You got San Francisco starting their third-string quarterback. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Undrafted third-string quarterback. Little did I know he was going to come out and look like Montana and Young put together. A young Montana. There we go. We'll we'll call him that. There you go. It was ridiculous, dude. He came out and he shredded them. It was embarrassing. And then they don't have Reuben Foster playing. So I said, hey, Jared Cook, who, by the way, I started in fantasy and got me all of two catches for 20 yards. Thanks, Jared. <laughs> I did see that. You did, right? Zach Ertz has a bye. I had to pick somebody up. And it was between him and Austin Hooper. And I like Austin Hooper, but I said, you know what, Jared Cook? I, I played him a few times when, when, I, when I needed a tight end in other leagues, and he's held it down. Caught the first pass of the game. Hyped. I was like, oh, he's in for a big day. Got some this is, this is great. Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> You're like, oh, we got some traction here. First catch of the game. Here we go. They're gonna make some, make something happen. No, so I didn't know Derek Carr was gonna come out and lay an egg. I also didn't know. I don't know if you watched. Did you watch the game? I did. I don't think the Oakland Raiders knew in their secondary that their job was to stop the 49ers from getting behind them. I don't think Oakland knew that they were playing last night. I think they just, and they they just thought it was, the, it was like a scrimmage, maybe. But they can't even have the excuse that they were, like, jet-lagged. No, because you're basically, what, a 10-minute ride? 20-minute ride? Tops? You're staying in your own house that night? Geography wasn't my, you know... Best subject, but I know they're in the same state, so it couldn't have been too far. Yeah, Oakland and San Francisco, that's there's a bridge that connects the two, so you're not that far from each other. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but yeah, I, I, I took Oakland, it was 
disgusting. I don't even think I finished. That's the first game this year that I had on that I that I actually turned off. So first one o'clock game, we've got Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota is at minus four and a half. Who you got? Speaking here? of it, the way you printed out the spreads, the way you printed out these spreads are nice too because I can actually understand them. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Minnesota. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm taking think, Minnesota in the points as well. I'm going. They're playing at home. Detroit just lost Golden Tate. <coughs> you say that one more time. They lost who? They they lost some guy who went to I don't know some state in on the East Coast. Defending Super Bowl champs. So yeah, I, I think Minnesota. If they're gonna, because before the season, a lot of people were picking Minnesota to even represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Right. And they really have. They really haven't had a game where you look at them and say, "Wow, that's you know." I mean, on paper, they have all the talent in the world. Right. But for whatever reason, it has equated to uh, to their record. So I think Minnesota comes out, and like you said, Detroit. I don't know what kind of message they're sending to their team by trading away their best receiver. I think that's a little odd. I know they got a third-round pick for him, but they probably were going to get a compository or however you say that word pick for him anyway if he left. Yeah. So I think Minnesota's going to come out and uh, win that game. But I also picked Oakland, so what the hell do I know? <laughs> so just, just update on the standings. I'm still seven games back. Nah, is it six or seven? Because you won last night. Yeah, it's six right now with last night. See, look, I cheated. Six games back. We tied last week. We did have big discrepancies going back and forth. So we we did wind up breaking even again. But um, second game on the slate, Chicago. Chicago at Buffalo. I'm going to go with the Bears on this one. I've I've been burned. I've picked Buffalo the last two weeks to cover the spread, and that has not worked out well at all. Um, the spread's ten on this one. They've got uh, the Bears at minus ten. Uh, you got Khalil Mack if he's healthy enough to play. Duh. C- coming Mack. back to his uh, alma mater, he's gonna tear it up, and and I'm gonna go with the Bears on this one. Yeah, uh, I haven't been burned by the Bills this year because, let's be honest, I'm never going to pick the Bills. Probably in ever. Nice. Uh, starting quarterback for them right now. You know, for right now, it's Nathan Peterman. But if uh, Derek Anderson can go, they say he, he will start. Yeah, I'm definitely going Chicago. I think, I think they're going to... Kill the Bills. So we could just move on because, honestly, I don't even think there's much yeah, to talk there's not about. Much to say on that one. I, I think Chicago is just going to run right there. Next game up, Tampa Bay at Carolina. And Carolina's a minus six. Six and a half, sorry. Six and a half. So this is where things get interesting, right? Because on one hand, you got Tampa Bay getting their break speed off with James Winston. And In then the first half. Little- 
Yeah. Little Fitz Magic comes back and uh, he starts lighting it up again. So it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde. I think six and a half is a pretty big number. Um, so I think Tampa Bay will be able to keep it close enough. I still think Carolina wins the game, mm-hmm. but I'll take Tampa Bay with the six and a half. I'm going the same way. Uh, I'm going to take care um the Bucks and the points on this one. I think six and a half is a little too much. I think they'll be in it. Maybe a field goal here or there. But uh, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay on that one as well. Next game up on the slate, Kansas City at Cleveland. And Kansas City's a nine, minus nine and a half. I'm going to say minus nine and a half is low. I mean – Cleveland just fired their offensive coordinator, just fired their head coach. I mean, Kansas City. And the head coach went out and started putting them on blast the first chance he got. Yeah, actually, we can get get into that if you like. I mean, Hugh Jackson. It's like he never wants to work again in the NFL as a head coach. Yeah, I'm almost – I want to know who put their – I'm going to ask you a question. Who put their foot in their mouth worse? Is it him? Or you got uh, the old Giants coach. Ben McAdoo? Yeah, Mr. Slick Back Hair with the glasses with the stunner shades on. So, I'm going to go Hugh because he, he stuck his, his foot in there pretty deep. I'm like, you can't. If, if you want to be a head coach again, you got to play the game. You got to be a little PC. You got to, you know, know how to talk. If you're going to start going on these talk shows and you want to start doing this stuff, you got to be able to to play that game. Because if not, you're you're just not getting it. You're not gonna you're not gonna get another head coaching job because no one's gonna trust you with nothing. So what Hugh Jick, Hugh Jackson? You hear that, man? I got this accent out of nowhere. What Hugh Jackson did, right? Mm-hmm. Like you watching the lottery. And then after the winning numbers come out, after the winning numbers come out, you say, oh, I should have played those numbers. Those are the numbers I knew were going to win. Yeah. And that's exactly what he said when he, when he came out and said, of course I love Carson Wentz, and I was going to pick Patrick Mahomes. And, and, and yes, Deshaun Watson, I knew he was going to do what he did in Houston. Really, bro? Because he passed on all of them. Yeah. Then he wanted to say he wasn't able to run his offensive scheme. But you're the head coach. Aren't you in charge? Clearly not. I mean, if yeah. you saw Hard Knocks, I don't know if you if you tuned in with the Browns, but him him and the coaches, I don't know. I've never obviously been in an NFL organization up close like that, but it, I feel like those coaches were going at it. Yeah, from Jump Street. They, there was a lot of friction there. I mean, I had the popcorn out enjoying the show. I just feel like there's got to be a better, there's got to be locker rooms or organizations where the coaches talk to each other differently and respect each other's point of views. Because there were some times where I get you got to put your foot down, but Hugh Jackson was like, nah, listen, I'm in this seat. You're in that seat. Stay in your lane. Yeah. But this is, this is like what we were talking about before with a GM new GM coming in and inheriting a coach. Some guys aren't with that. He basically said, 
you weren't the guy, the, the guys I brought in. <clears throat> so I'm I'm not rolling with you guys. He gave him what half a season basically, and now he pulled the plug. And it's time to start finding a new head coach. I just, to be honest with you, with all this going on, the person I feel worse for is is Baker. That's yep. I completely agree. And and it's funny because, and I'll use the Eagles as an example. Shocker, but. <laughs> The thing I liked about how they handled the situation was they made sure they brought in a coach that could develop a quarterback, Doug Peterson, and they let him draft his guy, and they were going to sink or fly together. I don't understand how an organization can take a position like quarterback, which as you've seen, you can have a really good team, but unless you have a truly elite defense or, or a quarterback that's, you know, maybe a veteran that's smart, like like what the Broncos did with Peyton Manning towards the end of his career. But if you're going to bring in a young quarterback, you're really putting him in a difficult position. If you're going to give him a head coach, make him learn the offense, get adjusted to the NFL, and then eight games into his career, ask him to change that all over, which is why I'm very curious to see if the New York Jets end up doing the same thing. Because you got That's you got true. Sam Donald there, and he's he's seems to have some moments where you think they might have their guy, right. but they also might be getting rid of Bulls. So we'll see we'll see how that pans out. But I just think for a rookie quarterback, it's better to let them have a have a coach that they can sit and grow with. I agree. Man. So who you got here? You going with Kansas City in the points, or you? You gonna go with the Browns? Oh, it's not even a question. I'm going Kansas City, man. Come on, the Mahomes show. Yeah, they've been tearing it up, man. I'm going with Kansas City as well. Next game up. Speaking of the Jets, Jets at Miami, and Miami is a minus three. This game is really like a pick'em game. The only reason why the Dolphins have the points is because they're at home. Yeah, I agree. Um, and to be honest with you. It's an ugly game, and if it was one of those where I could, where I didn't have to pick every single game on the schedule, I would avoid this game like the plague. <laughs> right. Um, so I went with the Dolphins. I feel like Osweiler's been playing well, which is a shocker. Um, I know they lost Wilson, their wide receiver, to IR. But if you watched last week, De- uh, Devontae Parker actually went out there which was a wide receiver that was rumored to be moved. So he picked a good day to come out and show out. Yeah, right. Because if he didn't, he might be wearing another team's jersey. Um, I think I think the Dolphins will do enough at home to get by the Jets. But I don't feel too confident either way. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I'm going with the Dolphins. I, I like the way Osweiler's playing. The Jets are kind of like in disarray. They're still missing a lot of pieces on offense. They didn't really, they weren't movers at the trade deadline. So I'm going. I mean, with I didn't expect them to be movers at the trade deadline because they're really realistically, they're not going nowhere. Um, and like you said, the injuries is also a big part of that. And Noon was out. Robbie Anderson might not be playing. I think they get McGuire back, but I just don't think it's enough. I think the Dolphins. Squeak by. 
Yeah, I agree. Then you got basically another pick em. You got Pittsburgh at Baltimore, and it's a three-point spread here again for Baltimore. Uh, I'm going with Pittsburgh on this one. I just think the way Connor and A.B. have been playing, the Baltimore defense hasn't looked solid. What, last week they got blown out by Carolina? Was yeah, it? I had them on fantasy, and they got they yeah, got yeah. destroyed. I mean, yeah, but, they got yeah, last week. So uh, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh on that one. Yeah, I'm actually going Pittsburgh as well. I think, like you said, I think James Conner is playing out of his mind. This is normally the time Big Ben gets going. He's got plenty of weapons with, obviously, everyone knows Antonio Brown. They got Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. So I think that Pittsburgh finds a way to win that game. All right. And then the, there's the next three games. They're basically pickems as well. The spreads are a point, a point and a half, a point and a half. Actually, if you think about it, since home field is supposed to be three points, they're really almost favoring the away, the away teams. Team. Yeah. So with that so, being said, the first game I know is Atlanta versus Washington. It's so hard doing these picks because, you know, I got my old NFC, NFC East bias. Right. But I do think even though Washington did get ha-ha Clinton Dix, um, and I do like that move for them, I think Atlanta – just has too much on offense. I think they have too much firepower. I know Washington's defense has been playing great, but I think Atlanta will be able to put up enough points. And I still don't believe in Alex Smith. I know he had a good year last year in KC, and he wins a hell of a lot of regular season games. But I just think Atlanta is going to be able to pull that one out. Yeah, I'm going with Atlanta as well. I feel like they've got way too much firepower. Calvin Ridley... You know, Julio. When the hell is Julio going to score a touchdown? I, I'm not sure. I I, I don't know. I'm going to go over under maybe week week ten, week eleven. It just boggles my mind. He has all those yards and he doesn't get into the end zone. And it's not his fault. I'm not saying he doesn't get into the end zone. I just don't understand how they don't run more plays for him to be involved in the red zone. Right. No, I agree. He's the biggest target on the field. <coughs> I'd be feeding him the rock every time in the end zone. Yeah, so uh, what we got next? Next one, we got Chargers at Seahawks, and it's a point and a half for the Seahawks. Uh, I'm going Chargers here. This is usually, like you said before, same thing with the the Steelers. This is around the time that the Chargers start getting it going. And they start, you know, doing their thing, getting in their groove. I know they've got Bosa coming back next week, is it? Or this week? I thought from what I heard last that he might actually be suiting up this week. This week, right? May or may not. Even if he's not in there, I, I still give this game to... To the Chargers. Yeah, I'm actually, dude, I think you're looking at my sheet. Although I'll take it because that means you're not cutting into this lead. But I'm also <laughs> with the Chargers. I know I know Seattle plays is playing at home and they got one hell of a home field advantage. But I do like what the Chargers are doing. I think they got a lot of playmakers on offense. I think Phillip Rivers will be able to put up enough points 
that uh, Seattle won't really be able to contend. I know their defense, credit to Pete Carroll, because they've lost a lot of players. I, I, to be honest with you, in me, in me, you watch a lot of football. I don't think a lot of people can name the Seattle Seahawks starters on defense, besides yeah. Wagner. Yeah, that's about it. And Griffin. That's all you got. The Griffins, yeah. But um, other than that, I, I give a big credit to the way Pete Carroll's been able to um, – to kind of rebuild on the fly and still put a competitive team out there, which other organizations have been trying to do for a couple of years. And, you know, their rebuilds take forever. It seems like he's done a good job in facilitating that. Yeah. Next one, we've got Houston at Denver, and Denver's a minus one. I'm not really sure. I know they lost Fuller, but I just don't understand how – I just don't understand the spread in that game. So yeah. I'm take, I'm loving Houston in this game. Yeah. Well, there we go again. I'm loving Houston in this game. I think I think their offense is going to be able to put up points. And I think with their defense and the way and the way the Broncos like to turn over the ball. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see Demarius Thomas play against his ex team the very next week. I did like hear they're going to do, like, a video package for him. Great. Like but when he's on the field, you know damn well he's going to be trying to get into oh, the yeah. end zone. He's getting in there. He's getting in there. And then we spoke about it a little earlier. Rams at Saints. Minus one and a half for the Saints. Over under is 59 and a half. Yeah, so, I mean, so they're saying offenses, there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Yeah, with those, both those offenses are prolific. You know, yeah. they can beat you on the ground, they can beat you in the air. So I think there's definitely going to be a lot of points to be scored. So wait, before you throw your pick in there, I, I'm going to throw mine out so you don't think I'm copying you. Uh-huh. It's, it's a one and a half. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Saints on this one. I'm going Saints with the upset of the undefeated Rams. Everything wants me to pick the Saints because I feel like eventually all teams are going to lose at least one game unless you're this, what, 72 Dolphins? Yes. I have that year correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same token, I'm going to keep riding the hot hand. I know they had a close call with Green Bay. They did. And I, and I think that might wake them up a little. I know their secondary isn't playing great and 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 Aaron Rodgers was able to expose expose that with a couple yeah. big plays but I feel like the Rams in a dome I know it's I know Drew Brees' record is immaculate at home I just feel like Todd Gurley is gonna do his thing and um Cup comes back if I'm not mistaken for Gurley which means yeah. He gets one more weapon, and before he got injured, they had an amazing rapport, and he was lighting it up with him. So I think the Rams come in and win that game. All right. And then Sunday night game, Green Bay at Patriots. Patriots are five and a half, minus five and a half. And you got the battle of the 12s. I'm going with Green Bay in this game. Wow. Okay. Do I think they're going to beat New England and Foxborough? Negative. Do I think they're going to lose by five and a half? I don't. 
Yeah. I think they they had a really good showing against Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I think anytime you have Aaron Rodgers suiting up against Tom Brady, you're in for you're in for a show. I just I just think that Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers are going to be able to keep it close enough to where the Patriots still get their win. But I think Green Bay or or will stay within that that touchdown range. Yeah. I'm going with the Patriots here. I think Tom Brady, Sunday Night Football, Bill Belichick. They don't seem to lose. No, I don't. Don't get it twisted. I'm not. I'm not. No, no. I, I know what you mean. I know. You, I know you're taking the points on this one, but I think Brady's always got that last minute touchdown in him, and I just feel like this might be one of those weeks too. Bro, he can have the last minute touchdown as long as Green Bay is, you know, up. <laughs> Game. I ain't trying to take nothing away from the goat. You want to go down there, dump off the James White little hookup with Edelman or Gordon? Be my guest. I just think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to put up enough points to keep that game entertaining. Right. And then the last last game of Week Nine, Tennessee at Dallas. Dallas is a six and a half, minus six and a half. And you've got the new-look Cowboys. Some people are saying the new triplets, and that really makes me mad because I feel like that's a disrespect to the original triplets with those Hall of Famers, our boy um, Mike Irvin from the U. There's only one player in this new quote-unquote triplets that even has a chance to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and that's Zeke. Zeke. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to sit here and call Dez. I mean, Dak, excuse me. We're not going to call Dak Troy. I don't think we'll mistake no the way. two. And last no, Troy was my dude back in the day. That was my guy. Yeah, and, and I don't think Amari Cooper is any uh, Michael Irvin. So. Not even close. Yeah, so I think that's a little bit of a reach. In saying that, though, Dallas does play really good at home. I mean, they smacked what we thought was a good team in the Jaguars at home. They they laid it on them pretty good. I just think Tennessee is really bad. Yeah. I think they no suck. No Delaney Walker. That O-line's banged up. Mariota's banged up. It still hurts me that we lost to them. <laughs> But I am going to pick Dallas, even though six and a half is a little little high. I'm going to ride with Dallas. I think their defense will be able to, to turn Mariota over. I'm not really scared of any of their weapons. And I think uh, on offense, they're just going to feed Zeke. And uh, as much as I think they overpaid for Amari Cooper, I think defenses are going to have to respect him. Right. Which means not loading the box every single time. Yeah. And if they do, at least they're giving. I think it'll be a trickle down effect. So, Amari Cooper comes in the game, and he might not make a huge impact statistically, but that might be that might mean a couple of their other options, their wide receiver options, will be able to find room now to maneuver. Because before teams were stacking the box, just playing a man to man straight across, Basically. and saying, okay, wh- which receiver you got that can beat us. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, Cole Beasley would. Um, I know they got that kid, Michael Gallup, I think. 
if I remember his name correctly. He's a rookie um, that they're pretty high on. And Alan Hearns, but I think Amari Cooper gives them just enough spark so that they can't load the box. And they got to be honest with him. Yeah, it's true. I agree with you. I think, I think that's you gotta you gotta play them straight up now. You can't you can't just stack the box. And um, Amari Cooper is due one of his Amari Cooper games where he's gonna go off for almost two hundred yards and two touchdowns. And you know maybe maybe new place, new scenery. New quarterback, you know, maybe one that doesn't cry when he gets tackled, as some people are reporting. I'm not. I'm just saying that's that's what's being reported. I'm not saying that's my call. That the, uh, a report. I think that was pretty obvious. If you look at those pictures, man, he was looking a little red. Unless he was on that uh, on that ganj, those red <laughs> eyes came from somewhere. Yeah. So I think he might have shed a tear. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we've got a pretty we got a couple games, I guess, right? Two or yeah, three games. Yeah, a couple games, games we're picking against each other. I can make a, somewhat of a comeback. I'm just saying, yeah. when you're mathematically out of it, which I anticipate coming soon, uh, we could just order the jersey early. We'll put it up on social media when I'm wearing uh, when I'm wearing my my new jersey this year. No, I think I'm gonna win this one. So I'm just I'm just trying to decide who I want. I don't have a Wentz jersey yet, so. You're probably going to add that one to my collection, I think. Nice. I think he's going to be around for a while. As a matter of fact, I think it's funny because you have a Wentz jersey before I have a Wentz jersey. And you're a Bills I, fan. That's, I, that's funny I how that worked the, out. I lost that bet to you last year and had to wear it every dress down day at work, for those of you guys that don't know. Um, Joey and I work together, so we have dress down days every couple, every couple weeks. And me losing... To him in fantasy last year, I had to wear it from basically the end of the season, halfway through the season, to June. To be honest with you, I don't even, I thought it was just one day, but you just kept showing up to work with it, so I figured I'd just ride it out for as long as I could. Yeah, yeah, this guy. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you guys once again for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Sports Frenzy Podcast, the Frenzy Show. Um, find us on social media, the Sports Frenzy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, the Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter. Comment, leave us suggestions on what you guys want to hear, what you guys think, you guys want to pick against us, let us know. We're, we're always open for a challenge, right, Joe? Yeah, any bets. I'm down for any bets. <laughs> Bring it on. So thank you guys for listening. Joey, thank you again. And we will catch you guys next week. Join the frenzy, guys. Peace.